Hello, and welcome to the Meta Era Nerd Podcast. Today's Meta, Stranger Things, with special guest, Nanner Banan, a.k.a. Senpai Cell, a.k.a. The Sequel, otherwise known as my younger sister, Selena. Now, real quick, uh, background a little bit on my sister. Uh, she actually is the one that got me into anime and manga when I was in high school. Uh, it was just one of those things where it's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what is this uh, silly little cartoon? Uh, it happened to be one by the name of Naruto. Uh, there I am watching, and I think, uh, I'm not sure if Marcus was here with us that day too, but uh, there we are saying like, oh, this funny little cartoon, and we watched more and more and more and more, and by the time we knew it, we were super deep into Naruto and just fully invested, and we were now anime slash manga fans. Remember that, so? I do remember that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I re- obviously I never like knew that Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and those were called anime, so I didn't like uh, match the two together. But I, I do remember two grownish because I guess you all were kind of getting out of high school men squeezed in front of a computer, binging Naruto. Yeah. Do you remember those days, Marcus? Oh, yeah. Um, I had actually just finished watching, and I still remember, because um, I was at my uncle's house, and I just finished binging Avatar Last Airbender. And so from there, I kind of told you, you know, how, that it was just a great show, obviously, being on Nickelodeon and stuff. And this is just us growing up watching these type of cartoons, Samurai Jack also being the other one. And Rico said, dude, check out Naruto. And I said, oh, okay, you know, check it out. Saw the first four episodes, and instantly just hooked from the first episode where Naruto was standing on the tree and, you know, baring his teeth and saying, don't hurt my senpai. And from there, it was just all downhill, you know, as far as you know, there's Naruto, you know, that rabbit hole that just kind of just takes over. So we were watching, what, 20 episodes a day or something like that? We caught up, Yeah, and we saw the whole first, you know, 200, 220 episodes of Naruto, including the fillers. And when we got to ship put in, only the first four episodes were dubbed. So obviously we would just subbed and just kind of watch the rest. And then we, again, we actually, and we told the story before where we just ended up at the pain arc because the pain arc had not been adapted into an anime yet. So yeah, it's come a long way, obviously. Right. <laughs> yeah. Since back of the, since back of the days of watching that. And then, uh, uh, that's where we transitioned where like, we are not going to wait. Right. So we started reading the manga and I remember back then we would, always like message each other hey did you did you uh read the latest chapter did you read the latest chapter uh i remember using things like manga fox was it manga panda or panda something i remember using well i used to watch on narrow spot and then it was manga panda i think was one year i think you're right manga fox so yeah you're right it's one of those fox or a panda yeah, yeah I, I started on Manga Fox, and I'm the one who told you all about that. But I think we stopped using it because there was a lot of ads on the website. That's where we moved on to Panda. That sounds right. Uh, and I mean, till this to this day, like we got through Shippuden, which was crazy amount of chapters. We ended up waiting for the anime to finish. We watched the anime too, and then now we're. I'm not completely caught up with the Boruto anime but i am like up to date with the manga which unfortunately now only comes out once a month so that waiting is kind of rough on us these days but i mean it's been pretty good lately for sure but anyways so 
that's just a little bit of background of one of the things that uh, she did for us. And I mean, she's always been real close with our group and uh, we are into a lot of the same things in terms of like TV shows being one of like the biggest ones. We're always talking back and forth of like, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And uh, figured we'd have her on here for Stranger Things, being that we all just finished watching that. Uh, it was episodes eight and nine. I believe in total it was what, like three, almost four hours, or was it no? It was three four hours, four hours and fifty-five minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, so clo- just under five hours uh, yes. over the course of two episodes, which ended season four. Uh, it dropped on July the first. Uh, so if you haven't checked that out, if you haven't checked it out, check it out now. Uh, full disclose, I mean, spoilers. We're gonna we're gonna go into spoilers. Uh, so if you have not seen the show, this is going to be a completely spoiler uh, heavy. Yeah, review. spoiler heavy review. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. And uh, here we go. So right off the bat, what do you guys think of the eight and nine? I'll let Sel go first since, you know, she's our guest here. I want to know what her thoughts are, in, uh, are on it. So take it away, Sel. <laughs> um, well... I very much enjoyed and binged the hell out of those. Like, I had homework to do later that day, and I made the decision to watch that first. So I... Lordies. Uh... <laughs> Did you watch uh, them day of, or...? I watched... I started the first 30 minutes, like, right after it was let out, and then I knew I had that homework the next day, so I had to convince myself to turn it off, and I still woke up just to watch it. Um, but I... I really enjoyed it there. I mean, there was some parts that like, I guess I felt a little indifferent about, but um, I, I guess I kind of wish it it was a good thing that they were separated, but that all groups were kind of on different sides. Um, I, I was expecting more. I thought that there was going to be a death in the main, like the original grouping. And Mm -hmm. so not that I was let down by it, but like I felt like that impact was lost because I guess they were making a big deal about big deaths happening. And, um, but no, I really liked them. There were some things I would have liked different with the way the ending was kind of handled, but it really did set the ground where I'm excited to see what's going to come next because I don't think it's Vecna. <laughs> oh, that. Want me to go yeah. into more detail, or? Yeah, I mean, what, 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 uh, what about you, Marcus? You feel in that same realm a little bit less and yeah. more? Um, so, from my, from my perspective, I'm just gonna give you an overall uh, perspective of the entire series before we kind of break it up through episodes eight and nine. That's kind of the way I have it here. But as far as the overall series, I agree with so as far as, and I'm just curious, are those in different parts? Were those the parts that were that were already established from the first seven episodes by any chance? Are you talking about? Because I'm thinking like one of my parts that's indifferent, even though I love the scenes, I love the characters, just the whole Hopper uh, uh, pl- uh, plotline. Um, mm-hmm. Hopper enjoys being in Russia, you know. As I, I I like their characters, but to me, I just, I did feel indifferent also, just because it kind of what was the real purpose, and, and I'll get more into that, you know, later on. But I, I can agree with Sal as far as some of these things being indifferent. Um, I did like a lot of the major storylines. I loved a lot of the major storylines, and there was some, um, obviously, you know, the big death, um, Eddie going from zero, zero to hero, being the fan favorite character, you know, topping 
or being not topping, I guess, but being on the same level of Steve, right? Because Steve, Steve seems to be the overall internet consensus that, you know, if something were to happen to that guy, I think the internet would lose it. Um, and even then, you know, when you have this character, you know, in Eddie, where, you know, people just kind of just gathered around him and the inter- he just took the, the internet by storm. So that was great to see. Um, and obviously, I think we had mentioned in our last review that ultimately, I think Rick and I had said it, it was either going to be Steve or Eddie. Um, I wasn't, obviously, I'm going to go with Steve first, but Eddie was still a hard one. And, and, you know, the way he went out and he had the arguably the, you know, either the first, you know, best scene in the season um, for competing with obviously Max's season and the dream sequence and stuff. So a lot of great things, a lot of things to talk about. And I'm sure we're going to get into almost everything. I did actually like the ending. And reason being is because that lends itself. And Stranger Things has always been known for that 80s cliches, those 80s, 90s, you know, things that they don't want to do, including, you know, the whole Vecna, which, again, we'll get into later. But um, I don't know. And I got this vibe. I don't know if you guys have seen. Or I'm sure you have. Uh, remember Mortal Kombat, uh, the 90s film? You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, right? You know how in the end when Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn comes out and at the end he comes out of the sky and then it says, obviously, they're, gonna, they're setting up part two uh, very reminiscent of that particular scene and i was like oh my god it's like mortal Kombat, right <laughs> from the early 90s right so i got that i got a lot of those huge cliffhanger vibes and obviously you don't see cliffhangers in this day and age as much but when the night 80s and 90s they were like almost a staple so i i want to say that or i want to think that that's one of those cliches there but those are my general overall you know so i do want to get into more detail um into these episodes um further down the line so but what do you think rico uh overall fantastic season uh you know piggybacking off of what you said like uh eddie amazing performance you know uh stranger things always does such a great thing a great uh job of like introducing us to characters making them making us care about them and then they're gone like for example uh i don't know if you remember alex from season three alex is one that like loved and then all of a sudden gone right um, yeah who we've had who bar bob, bob? Billy, alexi yeah so just these uh these amazing characters and we get again a, a great performance out of uh the i i don't remember the name but the actor quinn. Joseph, quinn? joseph quinn there we go yes uh and then uh you know some of the scenes also were amazing uh i i would agree with you all that some things kind of got a little bit lost uh in just the grand scheme of everything being so big and the way they decided to to close the show with like having a battle on like four different fronts rather than like making it one giant battle so that kind of gives that kind of creates this uh it's not I wouldn't say it's a problem but it kind of creates this competition as to like okay well what of these storylines is more important are the most important or the most intriguing or most interesting to watch so obviously like when you have like these four or five different battles going on some of them are gonna like fall like towards the end if that makes sense uh but uh there were some things also with the ending particularly that i not that i didn't like it but i wish would have been a little bit different um it makes me feel like i wish they would have given us maybe another two episodes 
uh, for those things that I wish would have been a little bit different. But uh, I feel like we got to go a little bit more in depth to go into those things. Sure. Well, let, we'll let's start with episode eight. What do you think? Uh, episode eight. So Sorry the big. The so the big thing in episode eight, we start with what? Uh, the scenes with Nancy. The scenes with Nancy, yeah, because um, at the end of seven, Nancy was left in the upside down, being chased by Vecna. So, what do y'all think? Uh, overall, I mean. Uh, my biggest takeaways were probably, uh, kind of Vecna laying the groundwork for like that, that it's at that point where he reveals to Nancy everything that he's planning and all that. And I think shows her visions. Am I right? Yes. Uh, that, that particular scene left me with a lot of questions which I kind of don't want to hold off until later. I don't know if you want to give your thoughts first. How about self? Go self first, and then I'll give mine. Okay. So we're just talking about, like, her and the visions with Vecna, right? Yes. Yeah, just uh, anything about eight. Papa. Uh, is, sorry, I just, I didn't write notes, but is this where Papa dies? Too? Yes. So this is the one. Uh, this is the one where you start. We start off with uh, Vecna and Nancy, and then we have a lot of the storyline with like Doctor Brenner and Eleven. Uh, I'm not sure what what is it that happens with Joyce and Hopper in this. Joyce and Hopper have that uh, that love chemistry. I swear, to, I thought we, I thought we almost had a sex scene going on there in that church, surrounded by all the peanut butter. They're trying to get that uh, helicopter started, and again, the Hopper storyline. They're dealing with uh, what's his name? That um, the Russian who's trying to smuggler, Yuri, who's trying to get him off the ground with the helicopter, and you know he has this epiphany, you know, to keep the bolt, you know, put the bolt back. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at with the Joyce and Hopper story. I, I, I guess I'll start with saying, like, I did. I guess I kind of like that Nancy was almost chosen to be the one um, to do the visions and stuff because I felt. It was kind of like, I guess I was a little disappointed that her storyline kind of became the whole, like, even though she was like a, this badass girl that it was like, I'm trying to be a badass because I'm having problems with my boyfriend kind of feel. Uh, and that's what I got a lot of in the first episodes leading into it. So I like that they kind of gave her more a pivotal part in being like the one to say, we don't fix this. Like some, he already showed me what's going to happen. So I like that they did kind of bring her back into it because she had kind of started to yeah, fall off. I agree. She started I to agree. fall off for me as a character because of the whole, like, her and Jonathan storyline. Um, and I really liked her in the first season. So at the beginning of this season, I was like, man, like, it's just kind of, I I'm not liking where they're taking her. So that kind of, like, brought her back up there for me. Um and then in regards to, like, the whole uh, Hopper in that situation, I just felt it was a little detached. Um, I liked that, like, they kind of were... But even then, like, they were supposed to be making... Um, I guess later on you find out that, like, I thought there was going to be more weakness shown in the main battle from what they did, but you really don't see that. Um, yeah. But it just felt very detached. Uh, we still like them because, obviously, they're big characters. 
And then I know I've already told Rico this, and the whole reason I like that storyline is because I got a major crush on Enzo. And um, but other than that, it just kind of like almost when you talk about, um, you know, when you think about like the Halo series, it reminded me kind of like of the storyline of the little girl being so detached away from. And that's what this gave me. Like this was just a whole other thing going on, and it kind of it's it's exciting. I I love Hopper. I like him a lot. So every time he's on screen, like I was really into it. But um, I don't know. It just didn't like. I still was feeling left. Like, what are the kids doing? What are we doing? Like, where where's Vecna? Like, well, how is the story progressing? Um, and obviously, you leave on such a big part that you kind of want to know what's going on with Max. So it's gonna go on with their plan. Like. So it was the central, the central focus, right? The central idea, you know, it, it always, when, every time it cut the different storyline, you know, sorry, Will and Mike, sorry, Hopper and Joyce, right? But obviously the main focus here was Max, um, Lucas, Dustin, Eddie, uh, the older, the older trio, Nancy, Steve and Robin and stuff like that. Um, so no, I agree. And, and as, as far as Nancy's concerned, uh, she, and I guess in this episode, you realize that she becomes the de facto leader, the de facto leader of the older group, right? Because you notice you have the younger group, obviously, but then you have the trio of Eddie, Steve, Robin, and Nancy. And Nancy becomes the one who just kind of, you know, she's a leader. She knows what's up. She knows what to do. Steve's a muscle. Robin's the brains, right? And Eddie, you know, being kind of sucked into all these things is trying to find his place and finds his place over the end. Um, so that was a lot. That was a lot of great things to see, and a lot of character development. And, and Nancy as a character has come a long way from the beginning, you know. And she's still. And I, I'm I'm always glad they 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 bring it up, um, and they introduced in the last few episodes before eight was you know the whole Barb thing, how she's still suffering from when Barb died in season one. So just being able to tie everything together, and Nancy, you know, making this full blown, you know, just becoming this full blown leader really really helps her as you know character in general um but yeah no as far as steve i mean steve uh hopper and joyce we i love hopper and every time you know there's hopper and enzo are on on the screen together they just the chemistry is so good a lot better you know mm. at least to me than why no no writer's character joyce and hopper because i i did ha, i found myself cringing a bit when they were they still you know they're having these you know, date things and Hopper's talking to Joyce and I'm kind of like, oh my, are they going to, are they about to have this awkward sex scene from the 80s, right? And obviously they didn't do it. It looked like they wanted to tease it or something. And I was like, oh God, no. <laughs> I was like, hey, I was like, she says Bob. I was like, I was like, to me, because to me, Hopper's, Hopper, you know, and, I, and Hopper deserves love. He, he does. He's been through a lot of shit. He, he needs some things and Hopper deserves to have somebody, you know, and, but his role and this to me, and some people are saying, why didn't they kill him off? Why didn't they kill him off? His role is to be obviously the hero of the adults, but he's Eleven's anchor. Yes, mm-hmm. Mike is obviously. I, I wouldn't really call Mike an anchor because obviously, when it comes to relationships and love, they're having a, you know there's problems there. But Hop's anchor, you know, she's he's there for Eleven's sake, and to me, that's just gonna be a a concrete fact, you know, here towards the end of the day. Um, but yeah, continuing on from episode eight. Um, a lot of the scenes, and I'm the scene that's coming to mind right off the bat. I think this actually takes place after the fact, after we had the Nancy scene, the Hopper scene, um, and we have the Mike and Will scene, where they're in the, when they're driving the car, and uh, we mentioned it last time. And um, I want to get Rico's thoughts on this part real quick, because I know Rico had mentioned 
that painting, that painting. So before before I get into seeing it, I don't want to hear self thoughts. What do you think of that painting, Rico? That now that we finally got that reveal there. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was awesome, and I thought it was cool that they kind of let it uh, let it go like early. Uh, that they didn't save it. I thought it was something that we weren't going to see probably till the end of the season. So them kind of like busting it out right away uh, was surprising for me. And uh, it... Uh, I thought it man, for real. I did. I said, oh, they busted out. I was like, that's Rico right there, man. <laughs> yeah, them busting it out right away. Like I was like, okay, nice. And then uh, I'm still not 100% sure. If he well mentions that Eleven is the one that wanted him to do it. And he's kind of having this heart to heart with with uh with Mike and telling him Mike is kind of going through this little issue in his head that like all young boys do like when you're in a relationship of like you know uh not wanting to get hurt or uh he's talking about losing 11 what if she doesn't like love me and different little issues and doubts self doubts that he has uh, and Will is helping him kind of like like pumping him up and gassing him up and saying like, no, dude, like right. you're it, man. You're the guy like you're the heart. Then he busts out like the the painting and says, look, L even had me do this. And like, that's you. And that's the rest of us. And look at your sh I think on his shield or something. He has like a huge heart. And he says, like, you're the heart of this team. Like you're you're what keeps us all going. You're what keeps the the whole machine like of us going. And he's kind of just pouring his heart out to Mike. And Mike kind of just like, yeah, you know what, man? Yeah, like like getting a little bit more confidence, getting the reassurance from his friend, not knowing and not noticing like the emotion that his friend is pouring out is not necessarily like all about just him and Eleven. And Jonathan is the one actually that catches on. And you kind of see Mike like just thinking and you see Will like turn to the window and like is crying. And it's like, I mean, it's it's obvious at this point, like, whoa, he's not talking about Eleven. Like, yeah, there's something else there. And we talked about that when uh, when we did our first review about, uh, you know, Will kind of being a little different, not establishing any connections, really, uh, like some of the other characters have in terms of like friendships, relationships, things like that. Uh, we'll go back to like the time in uh, I don't know if it was episode one or two where. There's a girl at school that tries to play footsies with him, and yeah. uh, he just like is unreceptive completely. Um, and you know, in the first uh, seven episodes, over the course of those episodes, whenever we see uh, Will, Mike, uh, and Eleven, uh, it always feels like he's playing third wheel, and there's like a little something there, like in his feelings, in his thoughts, and the way he looks at Mike all the time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of confirmed that semi-confirmed, I guess I would say that he has some sort of feelings for Mike. Yeah, for sure. Um, the way he, it was, it was a very emotional, impactful scene. It really was. It was super well done. It was an amazing scene. And I know people get a lot of flack, you know, and uh, people always focus on Will's haircut for some crazy reason. Um, but it it was such an impactful, emotional scene, especially for Will Byers, who's again, and people have said kind of taken a backseat overall um, here in this story just because, but we know what Will, what Will's capable of. We know his, what his reason for being there, right? Again, he's, still, he's, he's become a part of the upside down in the sense that he feels and notices things. And, you know, Will, 
um, having this, this powerful moment on screen and just pouring his heart out, obviously, you know, this two people dealing with these self-esteem issues, obviously Will dealing with his and uh, Mike dealing with his. And they're, they're, obviously there's that common balance. And I really did like that shot of Jonathan. You mentioned it, right? Where Jonathan notices because Jonathan in season four has been nothing but a pothead, totally different from the <laughs> Prince Truman, big time stoner. Totally different from this from the guy who was carrying a lot of the emotional weight. Jonathan was Jonathan was the guy, you know, the first three seasons or one of the guys first three seasons carrying the emotional weight of just about everybody in the show. And people don't, and Jonathan doesn't get enough credit, but he was that guy. So, you know, I, I don't blame Jonathan from ha- having this escape from reality. You know, let me smoke these things and let me get high with Argyle, who, by the way, is amazing comic relief. Um, but yeah, you know, then that scene, I thought of you in that painting. Um, but so I, I want to get self thoughts. What would you think yourself about that particular scene? It it's like interesting because I always I've been actually been thinking about it a lot. Um, but it so my like right now I'm studying behavioral sciences and like my my pathway is to eventually get my master's in like clinical psychology. So like this it it's so interesting because like part of me. Like, my first reaction is, like, to say, like, oh, like, he has, like, real deep feelings for Will. I mean, for Mike here. But, like, when I'm watching this scene, too, like, seeing it from a different standpoint where I've been doing case studies and kind of, like, looking at stuff, you know, you kind of learn, we learn about, like, attachment, uh, things that, like, kind of affect your attachment whenever you do go through traumas or, like, caregiver interruptions kind of thing. So it's interesting because it also like kind of hits me in a way that his like that crush or like whatever you kind of happen to see like the infatuation to me I also kind of account it to be because when he was young he went through the whole like being on the other side and had to survive by himself Mike was such a like big part of their friend group that he hasn't been able to develop anything because he's so attached to Mike because Mike was kind of like, you know, when you see them as little kids, like that little friend group was what one of the biggest like support systems that I think helped him get out of that. And so a lot of like when you study attachment issues, you can't develop outside attachments very well when you're zeroed in on somebody sometimes. And so that's something that crosses my mind, too. And obviously, like. He hasn't been able to talk to anybody. You can even tell later on in the show when, you know, his brother Jonathan tells him, hey, like, I'm here, like, and he's finally having that moment with him. Like, Will's almost choked up because he has had so much he's wanted to say, but he hasn't been able to. Since his, like, whole being on the other side, he's been an outcast. He's felt different. And he's just felt lost. And so that that also, like, comes into my play wondering if, like, it's also some just kind of, like, overly, like, over, like, infatuation with Mike because that's who he's managed to zero in on because he was the most kind of leader of the pack and who he thinks, like, is the reason he was saved. So uh, that that was real cool for me to watch, like, from that kind of standpoint and studying more, like, the behavioral side of it, I guess, in accordance mm-hmm. to, like, where that trauma he went through might have come into place with, like, how he's feeling. And it makes a lot of sense, too, because even amongst the friend group, like, in in Will's case, like, it's Mike and then everybody else. 
like yes he has those other friendships and i think since moving away like he has developed a little bit stronger of a bond with l but uh it, amongst like the the kids like the ogs like it always just seemed like it was mike and will and then the 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 not that Same they were universe. other friends yeah they, they had their pairings seemed, yeah. yeah for sure for sure um kind of talking about pairings and again you know that uh, that scene with Will and Mike kind of lends itself to these pairings and how chemistry is developed on the screen because we know Mike's character, uh, his actors, very very good, and you've seen him other things. But in Will to have this super powerful emotional scene, the Dufer brothers have actually done a damn good job of pairing up these characters on screen because they have just phenomenal chemistry together. And I'm thinking right off the bat, and I'm, I'm moving forward already here, um, where they Eddie they're gonna hotwire that caravan. And then mm-hmm. they put, and again, that little 80s throwback, they say put the Mike Myers, um, uh, uh, what is it, mask on top of Eddie, and they go and they run or whatever, and, you know, just comic relief, and he's hot wired in the car, and who would have thought, right, and, and Eddie, Eddie and Steve's characters, when they're together, obviously, you know, you have the, the, the freak, you know, who nobody really talked to, and then you have the super popular guy, Steve Harrington. Having the vehicle, and he's just like, "You really gonna drive this thing? I don't, I don't trust you to drive this thing." And he goes, "Oh, I'm not driving it. You are, big boy." <laughs> he just looked at Steve <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> so the pairings were awesome, and and that scene stuck out in particular because it was just good stuff, man. Like you have again, you have Eddie and Steve, Steve and Nancy, Max and Lucas, all in all in what a ten minute span of that particular scene. Uh, that that's just me. I, I don't know if there's other instances of pairings that you guys liked, you know. And I'm I'm kind of going through the progressive order. What do y'all think of the pairing? you know um as far as the chemistry on screen uh i mean i'm i'm right there with you like them just uh the the comedy the depth like they really uh they're able to touch on so many different things because of how all the relationships are different like you yeah. say like that that uh, particular thing with uh eddie and steve like just how different they are and you know they make us laugh and then uh right after that now we have driving and nancy is the co-pilot and then that's a completely different vibe now than what we just got like 10 seconds ago and there's like that little tension between them where steve is like telling him like telling nancy his dreams of having a big family and traveling and it's like uh like you know just that little <laughs> and that little like whoa like what's happening uh so yeah, and then like we just talked about the the pouring the heart out of from Will to Mike and Jonathan kind of catching on, Argyle being super silly and somehow clutch, clutch. somehow <laughs> somehow finding military tire tracks that are gonna lead them exactly where they need to go. Like. <laughs> I can't get over that part, man. Oh my god, man. He what does he say? He says, guys, come over here, dude. And they're over here before that. They're over here looking at this map, and you know, and they got Dustin's back. This is Dustin's girlfriend talking about. She's a genius. She's not wrong. You know what I mean? And our guy over here, total, total opposite of the spectrum. Hey guys, come over here, guys. I was like, I'm pretty sure this stuff in the deserts. You know, there shouldn't be any kind of guys out here. But what are these military tire tracks? I said, oh my god, dude, this guy did not just, you know, he's, clutch it out. <laughs> he's out there looking for Nina. They're looking for the for Project Nina or whatever it is, and he's like. He makes some kind of jokes, or he he's not joking, but for us, there are jokes about, well, how small is this Nina? Is she behind one of these little trees? And then he ends up yelling, like, something like, guys, like, 
come over here. And that's what he feels like the tracks and says, and they're heavy. The only kind of vehicles that make this are like, and they're like, oh, military. Uh, you know, going back to the to the hopper stuff real quick, just because I wanted to throw this in there. I did mention to sell one of the thing that made me like, this is why I love Hopper is when Joyce and Joyce and Hopper having that talk about like, Oh, like what, what happened with you? And you know, what did you think about and stuff? And like, he kind of is like, yeah, like I had these dreams about like, uh, eight or ever. And like, then like, you think he start, he's going to get into like them being together, but rather he says like, yeah, like breadsticks. And, yeah, and lasagna, and she's like, "So you're telling me you've been dreaming about food?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know what you've I've been, been eating, eating this stuff? Moldy, moldy bread and what watery soup." Yeah. <laughs> I think is what I he says. Like, I was like, "My man, perspective." <laughs> but yeah, so, the, the the parents have been great. Like, uh, and every it seems like every every time that we get like a scene between like two characters in some way like they're moving the story forward whether it's like will confessing his love nancy and and steve kind of having that little like are we still into each other are we not into each other are we over it whatever we get scenes with uh, lucas and max also that are like you know are we are we still in this like what, what what's happening and, here jason and nancy dude in the gun shop oh that was a good. Yeah, that was, that was tense. Did you have a favorite one, so a favorite pairing? I mean, like a, a part that stood out to you. Like from pairing wise, I honestly, I one of the things that I love the most, like in a, I guess in a pairing moment, I absolutely loved, um, and not necessarily. I don't know if it happens in these two episodes, but. When Eddie tells Steve, like, dude, I don't know why I care so much about Ju- Dustin possibly liking you more, but I do. Yeah. Like, I I <laughs> loved that because I love to see that, like, Dustin's just kind of a goofy guy on himself, but that they show such an impact on, like, older kids. And obviously, you know, last season, Dustin and Steve developed such a good relationship, and now you see him with Eddie and, like... Sitter, right? A babysitter, right? That's the joke and, that he keeps saying, the babysitter. Yeah. And so that that's probably one of mine. And then, like, caring, I guess I'm still, like, bitter the fact that, like, I loved, you were talking about their, like, how good they are at, like, having these chemistries between character. And coming off of last season, like, I still, like, wish that there would be something more between, like, Robin and Steve. Because they played off of each other phenomenally. Oh, like, yeah. And even this season, like, their support for each other and they're just, like, you know, they've kind of, I guess, more adapted more of, like, almost a sibling kind of relationship. But those two have to definitely be one of my favorite pairings. But as of moment-wise this season, I, I love seeing that moment where they're talking about, like, how much they, like, care about Dustin. Oh, yeah. And it's reflective there uh, towards... Um, and it, to me, it was probably the best line in episode eight best line right is where uh dustin makes that joke with eddie and eddie they kind of start play tackling and stuff and he grabs his head and he says don't change dustin henderson foreshadowing 
up the ass right there. I said, God damn it. I was like, Eddie's good. Eddie's going down, guys. It's happening. That's that's what that is right there. You know, he's already giving his, his goodbyes there in some sort. And I was crushed, man. I said, God, Lee, dude, like, like, <laughs> like, and Dustin, Dustin always has these emotional scenes, these best scenes. And it happened in season three, too, right? Turn around. And he starts singing this song. You're like, oh, my God, right? <laughs> so that, I agree, so, man. Eddie, Eddie, um, just Dustin, just having this chemistry with people, man, it's just that babysitter aspect that you mentioned earlier. Spot on, man. Spot on. You know, talking about, like, you saying, like, when he says that, you know, that I actually really liked that moment, too, because I feel like we've never seen Dustin kind of be, like, more a warrior in the battlefront. And when you're seeing him train with Eddie, you're kind of like, oh, shit, like. Dustin's the brains, right? Dustin's yeah. the brains. He has a brainy girlfriend. Again, leader, brains, brawn. Usually Lucas being the brawn um, aspect of that stuff. So um, I agree, man. That's. And the Robin and Steve, that's that that sibling. And every time they have their moments on screen, you just can't help but like, come on. And Steve just like melts. And Robin just like melts. And you're like, oh my God, dude, this is this is emotional as hell. It's just intense, yeah. intense all around. Um, and kind of going into continuing on. Are you all ready to continue on here? Because I'm, I'm getting into the ending of, of episode eight already. <laughs> go for yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're kind of continuing on already here, um, which is obviously the the title of the show is called Papa, episodes called Papa. So now we're getting into the whole eleven, and I I was never really mentioning eleven for a reason, just because you know the best line I think, and you know he had some great season there, um, scenes there, but when eleven kind of just busts out and there is that betrayal between Doctor Owens and Papa, and and uh, or Papa to Doctor Owens, right, where Doctor Owens now kind of just you know, attached to a pipe and the military comes in and we're getting an action scene of, of military action scene and, uh, and stranger things. And again, thinking eighties, nineties, this is what we're talking about, man. Like, like, wow. All of a sudden, and then you have 11 coming out with that thing and there's a helicopter sniping the hell out of pop. And you're like, Oh my, and then she just, she just puts her hand in the air. And if you, it's from her back, you see a helicopter and this helicopter, like, oh, these people are dead. Like, Eleven has no problem killing people. And you had explosions, the Michael Bay moment, right, where the thing just exploded. I thought it was an amazing scene. Maybe to me, probably that action scene for Eleven, probably highlighting episode eight for me. And it was awesome, that ending part. And I really, really, really liked that they didn't give um, Papa that cop out there. Right, I did the right thing. Right, I did the right thing. Please tell me I did the right thing. And Levin's just looking. I'm like, no, you didn't fool. Like, you messed up, and you know you messed up. Goodbye, Papa. And they didn't give him that redeeming quality because that man did not deserve a redeeming quality. So, I'm glad. I'm glad that happened. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, the ending there when they're in that base and the whole military scene and stuff. Uh, I I think like, and I was gonna say this earlier, but I'm glad I waited. Like you were talking about. Um, like Hopper's kind of point in the story is to kind of be, you know, that ground, like, you know, that grounding for, for 11. And I think like, I, I really liked what you said, because I think it was because of him that she didn't give Papa those final words. Because it's, it's, it's tripped out that you say that. And, and I told him, I, she, he is the anchor, but the fact that Hopper wasn't around, I don't think 11 would have brought down a helicopter if, you know, Hopper was standing right next to him. You know what I mean? Like he would have done something to where 11 wouldn't have taken these lives. So yeah, but go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. I, I just like, I, I think it's so like, she, 
you know, obviously they took away her mom and all that stuff. And, like, she knew what it was like to have somebody who cared and, like, wanted her best interest. And so, like, you can you could see, like, the battle in her eyes where she was kind of, like, I want, like, to not leave you alone while you're dying, but, you know, you're not, you're not my dad. Like, and I, I, earlier when you said that, it made me think of this moment, and that, that, that was a really big thing for me that I, I just love to see that she was just, like, she knows what people who love her look like and what people who use her look like. And obviously, when you go through all the visions and stuff, you know, you kind of, he tries to say, I was doing this for you, I was doing this for you. And then, but in the visions, you kind of see where he was letting her take a lot of abuse and a lot of hate to try and come up with the best kid out of all of them, you know, or to try and groom her to feel that to be the best one. And you know, that coming into place and, like, seeing all that in her eyes when she's looking at him and decides, like, I'm not going to give you what you want. So, um, but I, I really, obviously, he was, I, I love, like, I guess not necessarily that he meant, like, he was a villain. He wasn't, like, but I, I love those kind of anti, like, people. I love that kind of grouping. So I really liked him, but I did like his death. And I like that they kind of uh, showed... uh friction between him and Dr. Owens, like Dr. Owens seeing Eleven for being a little girl, you know, and he, you know, we never see Papa do that. Like he never, she's a weapon. Yeah. He never sees her beyond that. And like what she could do for us, not let's take what we can do for her, her feelings or thoughts into this either. So I liked his death. I thought it was good. Um, You know, I know it's most likely final and like, but I love his role. I mean, obviously, in the story, we wouldn't be here without him. For sure. What uh, do you think, Rico? Uh, I mean, I thought it was real powerful. Uh, you know, some of the some of the some of the things that Eleven like comes to realize in that uh, Papa was always kind of. She realizes that he wasn't just like trying to help her thrive but also in his own way wanted to get back in touch with henry in some kind of way uh and she points this out and uh she uses some of the lines that that we got from henry in the first seven episodes where she says like papa doesn't always tell the truth uh and now she kind of is realizing that he's not really like this great guy i think she tells him uh she tells him i came here to try and understand what i was to see if i was the monster but now i know the truth it's not me it's you you are the monster and i i I felt like that was huge like for her to finally realize like and i think at one point she tells him like i'm gonna leave and if you try and stop me i'm gonna kill you uh and then of course well she she, they they try to stop or she he tries to stop her things go south when the military shows up uh he does get killed uh and i I think uh i also i agree with you all that uh it's good that he went and it was it was emotional in a way that in that 
he's not a good guy, but he still popped up. Like we wouldn't like like Cell Cell hit the nail on the head saying like we wouldn't be here without him. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I mean, big part of the show. Uh, then I guess what we end with a little sequence with uh with Journey. What's the name of the song by Journey? Uh, Separate Ways. Uh, and we have our two steeds going into battle. One on the RV side and the Suffer Boy van. Uh, yeah so i mean i love i love that song and i loved uh, how that set up you know the battle on different fronts uh i never cared too much for papa to be honest like across the length of the show but this kind of was big for me and l and like you mentioned about uh her now having like that uh those distinctions like between like what papa is and what hopper is uh cell that you mentioned uh i don't know i'm glad he's gone <laughs> <laughs> screw that guy because we thought he was gone what season one yeah. one of those we came back i was like oh, okay but i think i read an article that he was definitely dead this time and i was like he took a shot into the chest i don't think anybody's coming back <laughs> from you know <laughs> I, I am curious to know like about dr what owens about, though i was gonna say yeah. what about sam we, we we never really we don't know what happens with yeah, he, the last thing we see was um, the general and kind of walking up and says, or oh, you ready to talk? And that was it. I think that was the last thing we saw of him, uh, of Dr. Owens in the bunker. Yeah, where he's yelling because Dr. Owens says, take the shot or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I think the last we saw of him. Um, well, I think then we're going to go into episode nine, right? Um, we're good on episode nine, right? Yeah. And obviously this one being two hours and 20 minutes and to being the bulk. Uh, but this one obviously uh, had its amazing moments and yeah also it's nitpicky stuff and i think we kind of re- you know reference some of that little uh, nitpicky stuff and it opens up with the hopper and joyce scene um this is the part where they were almost gonna you know i thought i, I swear i thought we were gonna have a sex scene in stranger things where whether it was you know uh, out in the open or not right and then they got um you know blocked there but anyways you see that set up it opens up right and they, they go into our our older crowd or older teens go into the uh upside down ready to do battle so super awesome the way it opens up uh the part i did want to highlight again is where you had um argyle again and i think he had mentioned it there towards the was it was it? no it's the beginning of this one right where he says hey i got a place bro and all these things because that's where um 11 figures out she needs to piggyback to make to, we can help her from here mm-hmm. because they're trying to get back quickly and argyle yeah. oh, uh, go ahead is is it in this episode? I, I think that's what you're talking about. Is it in this episode or is it in episode eight where he they're they're driving through the desert and that place that he works, that pizza place, he says, Oh, you guys got those out here now? Like that's dope. Yeah, foreshadowing, dude. Foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it, it even it even like crossed my mind until he says, I know a place where you can get a bath and a bunch of salt, dude. And again, comic relief in its finest form because this guy, like, you know, just Amy Clutch, again, drives him to the pizza place, and he's like, hey, what's up, dude? And you get that super hilarious scene, and he legit gives, I got you, man. Would you would you hook us up with, you know, if you give a little bit of this, gives a guy joy, he bails, <laughs> so he can use the restaurant. I said, oh, my God, dude. That was epic. And I, I that was a super funny scene um, that, that Argyle comes, and he just comes and clutch her towards the beginning. Um, 
did real quick did you guys understand and, and I'm, I'm talking about this now just because i know it kind of takes place right before we get um they get to the pizza restaurant the uh, hopper's storyline they mentioned that they could help the kids out if they took out the demogorgons did you guys pick up on that yeah yes uh going back to season two uh if you if you recall uh when they're trying to fight the mind flare they're able to hurt the mind flare by hurting the demidogs by burning them and burning like the different things that are in the tunnel because of the, the connections it, 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 yeah because of the connection and the hive mind uh way that that all the monsters work uh in the upside down like if you hurt a part of it you're hurting like the main the main yeah and and he he joys barely mentions it i i think that, and that's thing that's part of the part where i think they could have done just a little bit better job as whereas Make like it that's one of the things, yeah. Explicitly said, this is why Hopper and Joyce are doing what they're doing because mm -hmm. people forgot about that. That everything seems to be connected, and Joyce mentions it. We can give them as much time as possible, and that's it. You know, a lot of the big gripes with this particular part, and and and, and that was me too. Like, it should have been explicitly stated, it should have been explicitly stated that hey, this is what they're going to be doing, this is why they're going back, and this is why they need to go and destroy the demogorgon and demodogs and do all these things and stuff like that because in my mind i'm thinking oh because if worst case scenario they they don't kill these guys you know they go back into the upside down and they ruin the whole plan but in retrospect it's hey remember season two just like you said if they don't if they do this they can you know alter it because even then and even if that's the case like yeah they kill the demogorgon but and the demodogs but you don't really see this have a direct impact on the upside down do we or or am no. i missing something the, the the only the only thing you see is uh the the kids that are in the house the older kids are at that point have been taken prisoner by the by the tentacles inside of vecna's house and they're released because murray like fries the was it that part i thought that was because of the um of where 11 11 just goes ham on vecna there at the end is that not because of that no, I think that's Murray. I think Murray goes in and and fries them, and that's where the where Steve, Nancy, and Robin it are. Calls able it a, Robin calls it, a, calls it a miracle, and I thought the miracle was eleven. Um, I go, I go back and double check that, and just to go. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I thought it was. I, I remember it being Murray, but I could be wrong. I, I was gonna say, and that's why earlier when I talked about um, some of the stuff, like when I talked about the parents being so detached, like that's what I meant to. And I was saying, like, they kind of come up with a scheme to help, but, like, I felt like it wasn't kind of followed through. Um, I expected to see more, like, stunting or, like, Vecna, like, even pausing or something every time somebody was killed, a demodog or a demogorgon, like. Mm -hmm. And you obviously, yeah. obviously you have this big, like, face-to-face -face hopper demogorgon, like, thing. And, like, that, that's not even, like, where you see anything. You know, I, I thought, too, that it might have been when 11. Maybe I'm maybe Rico's right, though. I'll have to go check. I thought because my what I thought is because obviously when he starts burning that 11 is also fighting him. So I thought it was just like a big thing um, that happened when they got released, because obviously you start seeing everybody kind of like. Like, obviously, hold on what was going on. Um, I thought it was just that the timing was the same, but um even then, too, like, on it, I honestly, like, thought, going back to the beginning of the episode, when they, like, do get that phone call, finally, that interrupts Marcus's dreaded sex scene, um, uh, you know, 
when they start talking about the kids, like, you know, they say, like, the doc is indisposed of or something, and they're like, but the kids are about to go into battle. <laughs> you know, I, right away, I was like, okay, like, the parents are going to see again that even though they keep trying to keep the kids out of it, you know, Joy's saying she's going to go on some business trip to protect the kids, like, they're always going to be drawn into it. I actually thought that their goal, even though they, I did have, like, the hive mind in mind, I thought they were somehow going to find a cut into the other side and, like, try and use exactly what that I thought, to so. get to the kids. <laughs> that's exactly what I was, that's what I thought initially. That was one of my things going into this one. I'm on the same boat with you. And then? that That's just, I like, that's what I, like, honestly, and that's, before Eleven did her water thing, that's what I thought we were leading up to, that they were somehow going to use the other side to, or the upside down to get everybody together somehow. Um, or like for them all to be on like an even playing ground against this bigger thing. And so that that's what I felt like where some of it was lost. And I, I, I was expecting more of an impact in like what they did in the bigger uh like the grand scheme of things, and I—that's why I felt like they kind of just went into their own story. They weren't really playing with the others. Yeah, I, uh, I, I honestly, one of the biggest surprises from this, uh, from these last two episodes, and I thought it could have—I mean, it's not over, right? So we don't know how, uh, how things are going to play out, obviously. But I expected everybody to kind of get back together and finish together yeah that's 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 initially what i had thought also uh the same boat so i i also thought like oh they're gonna find some kind of portal or something and that would that would play right into why the russians have so many dogs a demogorgon and even a mind flayer they never really like explain like how how or what exactly they're trying to do you know the the dogs. I think it's a little bit more obvious that they're trying to use them as weapons. But uh, they even have they even have like that shadow monster, which we know to be the mindful. Like, yeah. How exactly did they trap that, and what are they trying to do with it? Uh, just a couple of things, kind of that went unanswered there for that story. Uh, yeah, there was there was a couple of things also where even where again they call them particles, and I said, oh, the particles and the particles. Never really talk about just exactly the particles and what it is, and you know they could have talked a little bit more about that particular aspect. Yeah. So. Uh... But yeah, uh, going on, one of the parts here, and again, the comic relief was, uh, and I and I saw it. Uh, they put the pineapple on pizza, right? Um, <laughs> and then they said, "Oh, pineapple on pizza," and, you know, because there's that stigma where it's like, "Oh, pineapple on pizza, gross." And even to this day, and so when Argyle does it, you know, it was hilarious. And I said, "Oh my god!" And obviously they call him out and like, "Oh," and he says, "Don't knock until you try it." And that's where Eleven's like, "Oh my god, this is really good, right?" And obviously you have that. To me, again, that important scene, right? The the calm before the storm. Right? Eleven's about to go ham. Um, and obviously this is you know her story and what she's gonna do and how she's gonna do it, setting everything up and you know, going into it, you know, and wh- where are we headed? You know what I mean? Like, I rolled, great scene. Yeah, I, yeah man. I, I was laughing, I guess, because, like, it, I mean, obviously, as a mom, like, it la- it made me laugh that Argyle, like, almost took this and, like, 
kids, make sure you eat before we go into this, like, kind of Yeah, thing. yeah. And that, that cracked me up so, so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Argyle got his, like, because Argyle, people were like, oh, he's just comic relief, you know, even I was like, he's just comic relief, like, you know, but Argyle's the driver, you know, he helps Jonathan, he has the truck coming in clutch for these guys, you know, finding the bunker, um, being, you know, the, the salt and the, and the bath, being that guy. And these guys call me for the storm, eat because you're going to need your energy. Like he's doing all these things, you know, and I don't really think people give this guy enough credit. Right. But he, he was a damn good character and, and a great character at that. And right from that get go, right. He, he, he's there, they're setting up the bathtub with the salts and all that good stuff. And then, we get that now we're getting into a fight now this is this is what we've been waiting for this is the meat this is the scenes shit's about to go down you know what i mean so uh, once we get to that scene go ahead uh, i was gonna just right before we we move like uh, go a little further as that scene is happening with argyle makes pizza gives it and has that little debate between 11 at the same time that at uh something we mentioned before is where we get that scene with jonathan will where Jonathan it like that's right yeah yeah like, totally plays back into that big brother role like yeah like, I'm here for you dude like kind of I feel like that uh, that uh, that scene that we mentioned earlier about Will kind of pouring his heart out to Mike like it's still in Jonathan's mind and it's like hey man like that's not the only guy that's there for you I'm here for you too like I'm your big brother I miss when we used to talk like I'm dealing I am dealing with my own shit but I'm I'm here for you all the time and Will kind of Jonathan like, was like, that guy, dude. Like he was that dude. And I, yeah, I think yeah, he so... he has the realization at that point that he's kind of let Will sit in this because he was escaping his own thing. Like you kind of feel that Jonathan almost feels bad that he did kind of go down that stoner like route. Obviously, like Marcus says, like you kind of do feel for him because he did carry a lot. That he kind of is finally just letting loose. But I think that he. It's now been off of it because of all of this and sees like Will, like he kind of feels like, oh shit, like I haven't been brother I should have been to him. Yeah, back into big brother mode instead yeah. of stoner, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Jonathan was that guy and for many seasons he was that 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 stone, you know, that just I'm not gonna top I'm gonna I'm gonna stay up and I'm gonna I'm gonna have your back and he was that guy. And in the beginning of the first couple episodes when he's a stoner you see that just the disappointment, right? It was like, wow, like this, all this guy's doing. And, and he calls him out. I haven't been there or a stoner straight up. Bam. Okay, cool. They, they're not going to let that slide. You know what I mean? So a uh, great part right there. And I totally forgot about that. Sam. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, so, something else that was funny about like this whole pizza thing. I don't know if, I think I mentioned it to sell when I, uh, when I finished this episode, I watched the credits. See if there was going to be anything there. And I noticed that the, the other worker, that they encounter at Surfer Boys, which is the pizza franchise, is credited as Argyle 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> 2.0. So we have, we have Argyle and Argyle 2.0. <laughs> so we got two Argyles, bro. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wouldn't that make Ar Argyle 2.0? Isn't that usually an upgrade? I say you can't be the original, man. Can't be the original. Not always. Not always. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Uh, what, are we ready to continue on? Uh, keep, keep going. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So from right here, and going into the next particular scene, um, we do have the 
again, and you mentioned it right, right back where Steve and Nancy are having their moments. We have another moment, and this is the one where it seems to be come, coming full circle. This is the only other time, and I'm not sure if maybe you guys thought there was anybody else would be dying or multiple deaths or what, uh, but this is actually the first time where I said, shit, man, it might not just be Eddie. Like Steve can be the, and this is the only, this is where I thought Steve was going to die because I said, oh my God, like he's pouring it out to Nancy. You know, the person in the trailer is you. And, you know, I picture our lives together and he says, you know, and he, and again, call all the way back to season one where you were that slap in the face for me and, you know, slap on the back of the head. And I thought, damn, Steve is going to die, dude. And this is probably the only instance where I thought somebody else would die where Eddie and Steve, you know, would be the ones to go out. And I said, dang, they're going to take both of them from me. So, I don't know how y'all felt at this part. What do y'all think about that little scene there? I thought it was good. And I mean, just again, playing into, for me, I honestly always felt like Eddie was, was going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, always, I, I just knew it. I just, I felt like, because I remember watching that preview uh, initially when the season started and that, uh, that performance that we'll, we'll get to here in a bit where he's playing the rock music. I just said like that's like a like a a hell of a way to go out yeah. right for our boy. Uh to me the dynamic is more between uh Steve, Nancy and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Like what's going to happen there? Then I also uh something that I've kind of been theorizing is like we have that love triangle and then we have another love triangle in Will Mike and Eleven. So I could very easily see maybe one of the three of those of each of those triangles dying like here uh maybe in season five. But with this scene again, like I mean, if, if it wasn't obvious before what Steve was talking about when they had that moment in the RV, like it's obvious now. You mentioned it. He talks about like being super confident, but also like I'm also an idiot. And back then, like, I needed that bump on the head that you gave me. If not, I would still be that guy from season one. Uh, And I've come such a long way. And I wish that somebody else would have done this to me so that I would have been this guy rather than that guy when we first met. And maybe things would be different. And it's just like, oh, because Steve really has come such a long way, which is why we all love him so much. We hated him in season one. Remember the first couple episodes where he was basically a real douchebag and then, you know, Jonathan beat the hell out of him. Hell yeah, Jonathan. And I was like, no, Steve, don't go. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I feel yeah. you. Yeah. what do you think so? Um, so I did. I, I obviously I, I love Steve. Even when he was a douchebag, I loved him. <laughs> but I, uh, I did start thinking the same thing as like what Rico was saying. Like, okay, one something is going to happen to one of these because um, Nancy's going to have to end up choosing because you do see a lot of conflict in Nancy every time she looks at Steve. Um, And it leaves you wondering too because obviously she's starting to realize how much Steve has changed. And I don't know. And like, but like, to be honest, I actually thought that Robin might die at one point. Because the moment, uh, taking it back, I think, to the, or when they're going at the gun shop and she's she's upset about that girl and her boyfriend, the girl she has a crush on, 
uh, and she tells Steve, uh, my love life is nothing compared to what we need to do. And she's like, and they asked, they're like, well, we're, we're going to be okay, right? She was like, well, we have to try. Um, I actually, like, imagined a moment happening where even though it, like, not necessarily when they were in the upside down, like, in the real life where she was actually going to do something and that girl was going to be somehow involved or, and she was going to set aside, like, her love to save people. Um, so I actually had, like, a feeling something was going to happen to her. I, I did think there was going to be another death because of the separation of, obviously, like, the distractors versus, like, the people who were going to go there. I thought somebody was going to get hurt or something was going to happen in the trio of Nancy, Robin, and Steve. Um, and then, I don't know, I honestly thought a kid was going to die, one of our main kids. And I, that's what I was expecting, too. Uh for something to happen, oh, yeah, I was for something to happen to one of the the boys. I thought something oh, okay was gonna happen to one of our our three boys. Um, but no, that that was actually something that I I really like when Robin said that. I was like, oh no, like like her stating that she needed to set aside love to like do something for the world. I it kind of left me scared about what was gonna happen. <laughs> It's funny how, like, at this point, we're all like, oh, my God, why did they say that? No, it's all over. It's, yeah, it's yeah, done. Yeah, You're done, bro. Yeah. Like, every single thing, like, we're just so attached to all these characters by this point that it's like, no, no, please, no. I know what this means. Yeah, and I've watched TV. I, I, yeah, man, got a nitpick at everything. Yeah, because you're, yeah. you're preparing yourself, you know, and I, I love Robin <laughs> because I feel like I, like, I'm kind of a Robin in a way that I'm not like the girliest of girls. I'm not like, I get along with the guys, like, and I joke around and I do stuff and like, I kind of take on that. So I really like her and I was scared for something to go on with her. Well, she made it out of season four. So it's season five where I think maybe something might pop off there and, and they keep saying it's not going to be a happy ending. So we'll see. Why would you say that Marcus? I'm just saying, they've been, they, they, they've been, they've been alluding to that, uh, to that a lot. It's not going to be happy ending. I was, what does that mean, dude? Like, Jesus. And and it will obviously here, right, towards the end, where it's kind of like you feel all these all the weight kind of happen at the end of season four. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so then from here, we do get that awesome part where um, we're not there at the Edison yet, right? But we finally get Max and Lucas. And I did want to bring this up just because I've always felt Lucas was always kind of, out of the four, he's usually the one in the back burner. Never really does anything. He's kind of there for the ride. And, you know, as far as what he could provide, his little sister, uh, you know, uh, also, is also kind of prevalent in, in season four also. But Lucas, finally, him and Max, man, since Max has been introduced um, since season three, Lucas has finally come to life. And he and he does that again with Max and, and Lucas's uh, scene here. Lucas is Max's bodyguard. And he, he's going to take that obviously seriously, right? I'm not, not going to let anything happen to Max. And, you know, Lucas just standing guard, and at the same time, Eleven finally getting into the into the tub, and she's gonna piggyback to go and help Max because they know that Max is going to go, you know, be bait for Vecna, so she's gonna make sure and be there for Max as well. Um, and that's gonna actually set up into the next awesome part, and we're finally gonna get into it. Um, are y'all, y'all, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that scene, right? Yeah, right. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah the only, the only, the only other thing I was gonna throw in about the the little Max and Lucas stuff is also like that completely like child 
like uh, flirting that they do when they're in the back of the bus, like writing each other notes. Yeah. Yeah. Movie Friday. Okay, yeah. cool. I was like, oh, okay, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say. We were all kids once. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel bad, like you say, for Lucas. He kind of takes a back burner, but man, sometimes he's just the one kid that, like, guys, we, I don't think we should do this. And then obviously you have like Dustin and Mike, like, no, we have to do this. You know, like, yeah, we have man. to save the world. We're Hellfire. Like, <laughs> You have the what is it? You have because you have the 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 leader, the brains. You got the brawn, and, and I always consider Lucas the brawn. And and Will again being always being that um, where does he fit? And but you know, so obviously that goes into his issues um, overhand here in season four as far as his place in the world, right? Um, but yeah, no. Uh, and I also do want to mention um, Eleven. Just like what, what was she doing? Like mind jumping or memory jumping in Alex's head, man. That was that was super awesome. They always done. And to me, I had a lot of and real random but again 80s i'm always thinking of those cliches um in it in the in the, it, the tim curry's it movies back in the day you know how it's always just popping up and these memories are popping up real out of place how, the fact that 11 looked out of place in these scenes looked awesome i don't know if you guys got the same vibe or how you all felt about her just mind hopping the way she was it was real cool memory hopping yeah yeah uh, I, I i hadn't put those two together but that makes so much sense like uh, i'm glad you brought that up like it's real, that's real trippy man i was like damn and then she, you look up onto the bridge and you see the dj out of place obviously that's where max is at the ball uh from season three but real tripped out i was like man this is creepy dude somebody's gonna pop out or something man i kind of got a little tripped out and scared there for a minute <laughs> i actually yeah, i think in the show in the show they call it piggybacking yeah piggybacking. That, piggybacking, that, ends up, yeah. that ends up being the name of the episode the name yeah yeah you're right um, the piggyback i actually was expecting some kind of I, and i was waiting for it i thought we were gonna kind of see a more like heartfelt memory of billy so i was really excited me me too and i was hoping for i was actually hoping for billy in the first seven episodes like oh billy's gonna come and be at max's inspiration in some way and i'm still expecting billy to maybe billy's gonna be the reason she wakes up or something you know what i mean like i'm still waiting for that heartfelt moment with billy i agree with you so 100 percent, man i'm on that boat with you too dude piggyback <laughs> piggybacking off of billy how about that scene where max is like admitting like yeah maybe i did want him i do or, dude yeah or, I maybe, or or I knew, I always knew he drove super fast. So, like, maybe he'll just have an accident and I won't have to deal with it. That's where she's yeah. like pouring out, like, some of the guilt that she feels that we haven't really heard her say when she's trying to bait Vecna to come. Like, oh, and then, and then, uh, uh, Lucas kind of like, what? Like, no. And then it goes into like Vecna showing up. And, I thought that was yeah, no, that that was a hell of a transition, man. Lucas, man, that was that was awesome. Um, and obviously, that's gonna lead us into this next part, right into the next phase of our plan, and that's gonna have to be baiting the bats away. And then we are we are given the arguably, and again, it's gonna be up for debate, right? Whether Max's um, Max scene or Eddie scene, but man, you gotta as soon as as soon as he strummed the first two notes i said oh my god here it comes master puppets dude and sure enough dun, 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 dun. i was like damn dude and he just the scene the way it was shot the background the red lightning and he's just jamming on top of the trailer bobbing his head his long hair just going up and down and he this guy is rocking hard dude and then he kind of starts playing and you hear the master master and it's just intense dude i said and everybody max is running and the way they just kind of integrated again all the, the scenes. Of, all the scenes and Max 
Max and Eddie probably have been the two, the main focal points, and they're putting them together here, dude. And oh my God, man, like just transition. And she's running through the house, you know, opening, seeing these locked doors, you know, Billy coming out, let me out, let me out. And you get this, this just intense, just overall awesome scene you know, between Eddie jamming out and everybody kind of fearing for their lives in a bit, whether it be Max or Lucas's sister. And then, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Steve and all them kind of just treading through a house as well. Super awesome scene. And Dustin five starts counting down and the, the lower the countdown, the more he starts shredding and just goes off on that riff dude. Oh man. Amazing scene. What are y'all thoughts on that, man? Cause that was even, even Omar, man, uh, shout out to you know, Big Booty Gaming over there. He said he he mentioned yesterday. He goes, you know, guys, I I really can't get over that uh, Eddie scene where he's jamming out. I said, dude, it was an amazing scene, man. It really was. But what are your thoughts on it? The only thing I'll I'll add real quick because I agree with everything you said. Amazing scene. Uh, crit, like on the on the Stranger Things subreddit before these episodes came out. Uh. I know we got that preview. It might have even been the preview that we got at the very beginning of season four. Yeah, yeah, but it was. Some, somebody took a screenshot of Eddie playing, and based on his hand placement, somebody predicted, oh, based on the way his hand is on the guitar, he's playing uh, He's playing this song. Get your puppets. <laughs> yeah, they said, if the way his hand is, that he's going to be playing Master of Puppets. And the guy was right. Like, how crazy is that? And uh, it was phenomenal. It was, man. It really was. What do you What do you think, so? I, I like loved. I mean, I, I love like little moments. I love to see. Obviously, when he starts playing, it's like awesome. You get real pumped. The music's real hyped. Like you're like feeling it. But, it will get chills. Yeah, and yeah. but I love, I love the panning of the camera to Dustin. Oh man! Like oh, and you know what? The the Chrissy. This is for you. Yes. Oh. Oh. Um, I love to see Dustin, like, I mean, just in awe looking at this guy, like, dude, this is our freaking hellfire. Like, this is the, me- like, you know, the mega nerd who, like, has given us a place. Like, I love that moment where he's just in awe of this guy, like, and that he holds him at a pedestal and then, like, you know, obviously then they start getting to work and stuff, but that... That was something that I love to see there, like to see the, like obviously at that point you're kind of like, all right, like this guy's most likely going to die. You already had it in your head, but like the straight like idolization that like he has taken over these boys. And, you know, it, it, it bums you out that like, uh, I think Rico had told me this and it, it, I felt the same way that like what Will could have like had with him. The impact that he would have had as, yeah. as an influence, uh, yeah, as an influence. Except for the you know the whole drug thing, right? Because remember, he was selling drugs to Chrissy. <laughs> he was, he was. But, but, but just as adult, like that mega nerd, like. Well, yeah, no, and Chrissy even says, I remember in the beginning, she says, um, I didn't think you were like this. And Eddie says, well, I didn't think you were like this either. Obviously, people who are misunderstood in just all sorts of ways. So you cannot judge a book by its cover. And I think that's what Eddie's character was uh, was the epitome of. You cannot judge the way the guy looks. This guy was, you know, being hunted by a town because he was the leader of the satanic cult. And people looked at him and said, oh, he's a Munson. And, but ultimately, everybody who ever met this man was 
was better doing or had a positive influence because of him. I think, you know, that seems to be his overall uh, theme. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, overall that scene and again, the cinematography and the way it was shot, you know, the way the, the camera angles moves and swivels, it was just, everything about it was just epic and amazing. And this actually leads into um, Max being in the ballroom and everybody already kind of, you know, obviously this is where, you know, we're already mid midway through the through all the phases. Shit's about to go down. Things are on fire. You have the uh, the group in in um, trying to destroy the Demogorgon. You know, equip the flamethrowers, getting in. Murphy doing Murphy things, translating, and then that's where we're getting into eleven. And this is where eleven again. You have those it scenes, or I call them the it scenes, right? Where she's in the memories. She's looking for Max, and Max just trying to run away for Vecna and stuff like that. So. Immediately, as soon as Eddie's scene is done, we're given, I think, Max, right? It's, it's, I'm pretty sure that's where, that's mm-hmm. where we're at. Um, yeah. So we're given Max. We're given the 11 looking for her. And then I want to say at this point, I think, does Jason come out already? Because uh, I do want to highlight that, that scene also between Jason and, um, and Lucas. Because I, I don't think we're at the, the where 11 comes in just yet. Um, but Lucas being again i say was that bodyguard and finally we had the the second um antagonist of the film being jason where jason with the film of the series being jason where he was on that witch hunt looking for eddie and lo and behold he's gonna come and lucas he's uh, looked up to you and i don't know what so the fact that lucas and they gave lucas his place of not only you know making sure max comes out unscathed or alive right you know but also gonna be one who takes down jason max is throwing and i was super pumped about this scene where Max, you know, he has a gun pointed at him. He's not throwing hands just yet, but you know, I, I was super happy that Lucas was going to get his moment and be the one to take down, you know, take out Jason the way he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I, uh, I was a big fan of Jason, like from season, from the first uh, part of the season. And um, I... I thought we were going to get something a little different from him. I honestly pictured something more of like pitchfork with a big crowd hunting for Eddie. Like I, I pictured all this going that way instead of what we got here, but I thought it was great and uh, gave Lucas like that, uh, that purpose. And then we get that character development for him. Like, man, like where, where he says something along the lines of like, I thought I wanted to be like, yeah like uh, you're you're not who i thought you were like at all like uh and where uh, where he like chooses like his friends over this guy and the the tension with the gun and uh what was what was something else that happens i can't remember the line that jason says uh part that 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 uh, go ahead uh Go ahead, Till. Oh, let me, let me see if it comes through. Um, I was I actually thought it was gonna be different than that. I uh I felt that we kind of had some moments where like Jason was so like overcome with the emotion of like he was so lost in what, what was going on and obviously what happened to Chrissy. Like I actually like saw him siding with Lucas. That's what I thought was gonna happen. I thought that uh that. Obviously, like, at first he comes in and he thinks, like, oh, you're sacrificing somebody else. I thought that Max was going to start floating the way that we've seen everybody else float. 
and he was going to see how distressed Lucas was. And I thought he was going to take on a different role because you do see him freaked out over what's going on after he sees it for himself when they're out on the boat and he sees his friend get killed. Um, So I actually thought he was going to help Lucas kind of battle or help or do something um, because you do see Lucas trying to kind of be this cool guy and never like is able to get there. I actually thought Jason was going to be the person to help him finally like be the, the winner of a fight. Um, I, I just saw a lot of like confliction in Jason when it came to that, like that he was really freaked out <laughs> and I thought he was going to have a breaking moment because you could tell that he really didn't want to believe that his girlfriend was out there getting drugs and didn't come to him for help. Um, mm. and well, you see, that, that's why I think he was already too far gone in my case. Like, I never thought, I didn't think for a second Jason was going to have this redeeming quality. I, I, for some reason, I just felt like, cause, because he, I don't know, you could see that he was so scared all the time. I thought something was going to happen where Lucas was going to say help. And he was gonna help. That, that that's what it's too far gone. That, that's what it was for me. Like now that you're talking about the Chris the Chrissy thing and buying drugs, like the fact that he refused to believe that his girlfriend didn't come to him and that he didn't notice that she was obviously like being hurt like by her mother looking for other means of help and stuff like that. And will instead choose to believe that Eddie is the leader of this satanic cult that is like sacrificing people. I think when they're up there in the attic, like he says, like even tells Lucas, like, is this what you did to Chris? Like this is what you guys, did, right. And is like trying to get him to stop, but he doesn't really know like what's happening. Uh, I, I also didn't think, I didn't think it would go this way, but I didn't think that, that Jason would help. Yeah. I I just he was like, I also thought like he was, yeah, I mean, I just felt that he was just kind of too far gone. And every time, and, and it was already, to me, it was set in stone when they were at the gun shop. Um, he, he, the actor did a damn good job with his facial expressions. Like, I, I, he, he was ominous. He was evil. Like, this guy was already too far gone to even be have this sense talked into him. He even sees Max go up, and he says, like, what are you doing? Bring her down. You know, you you and your satanic cult. Like, he walks to this town hall and just gets all these people to say, get your guns. You know, we're going to go hunting, all these things. Like, he's doing all these things. And I, I thought, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm glad Jason kind of, you know, was went all the way through like that. I thought his death was a little, you know, you know, uh, a little lackluster. Yeah, uh, yeah with the whole definitely. Thing. Kind of just opened up, right? And he, oh, he disintegrated. Oh, okay, cool. Forget about this guy who we just, you know, had eight episodes for. All right, that's cool. I guess this guy's gonna not pull the trigger. But which brings me to that scene where you know him and Lucas. I'm I'm skipping ahead of a couple of parts just to kind of wrap up the this Jason part where he st- he starts throwing, you know punches and lucas are, and again this is jason was a bigger than lucas all than lucas right he's supposed to you know be able to take the guy out. and lucas is like nah i'm gonna he, he starts throwing hits back and lucas even takes a what a freaking glass to the head i said oh dang okay and he just starts he punches jason gives him a couple of punches in the stomach and he knocks the hell out of jason out so i was real happy with that cool little scene because again you know everything being supernatural it was a cool little um 
a cool little time just to, hey, we're going to see a fist fight. We're going to see a good fist fight, too. You know, call out to over there season one uh, with between Jonathan and Steve, right? So it was a cool fist fight. You know, obviously, you know, Max, we're going to save and he's trying to save Max. And he sees Max being lifted into the air at this point. Uh, I thought that was cool. I thought that was intense. Um, but I did just want to kind of wrap up Lucas's little part there um, before we get into the, to this next scene or the nitty gritty where, I, again, I thought it was awesome. And I, and again, this is my, and I might be jumping the gun here. So if I am, you feel free to kind of, you know, dial it back a bit if you need to, um, where Max is taken hold of, of Vecna the first time where Vecna finds Max inside the ballroom for the season three. And um, again, 80s entrance superhero, just when 11 came out, finally 11, finally, you know, she always has these awesome badass moments and you just see Vecna flying. Boom. And then Eleven just comes out, and it's like, damn, I felt that, dude. He's, you know, superhero. Again, superhero entrance. That's what it was. And he's like, you're a superhero, superhero. There was no better way to make an entrance than the way Eleven did right there, where she just comes in, you know, just blazing. And, all right, Vecna, you know, you're going you're gonna to go one-on-one with me, right? You know, one-on-one with the champ. And throws him around, and Max is like, are you real? Are you real? Obviously, you know, that comic relief there. So, you're, you know, you're here to help. So, I thought that was cool. I mean, you know, the whole Eleven and Vecna. What do you all think about that? Uh, real quick, I'll interject. Um, we we've gone we we've we've we're getting really into this, and we kind of have gone a little long. And I know Cell has something that she needs to do uh, here in a little while, so I would probably just throw it to Cell, kind of just uh, finish up your thoughts. I know you got some. So yeah, sorry, you kind of like uh, it went quiet. Yeah. Um, no, I guess, like, in these kind of things, like, I, going off of what Marcus was just saying, like, I, I, I mean, her entrance was, like, great. I mean, and just, obviously, like, perfect timing. We keep talking about, like, that old school, um, like, of course, you're like, oh, no, like, Max is, you know, done for, and she comes in, and, like, bam, like, and obviously, like, going through all of the flashbacks, like, Henry and like you know one and eleven are finally face to face again. Uh, so that was really cool, um, and I mean just this whole thing. I mean it, I it was like I guess just skipping ahead before I bow out. Like this whole thing was like nerve wracking because obviously like you do start seeing Max start the process of snapping oh, and stuff, and you're like you're like damn like this is that's it like you're gonna die yeah she did she's gonna die yeah you were just like all of this and like that's it like and it it it, it shakes you right because like at at first like the arm you're like okay okay like we can deal with a broken arm and then it's like a leg and it's like ah and then it's like the other leg and it's like no i mean at that point like no joke and obviously like you skip ahead to the end you know more about what goes on but like I remember thinking, like, dude, do do you even want her to survive this after going through this much trauma? Like, like, I mean, how is she going to feel? What is she going to do? And you're like, you're just waiting for her head to, like, you know, sink in when he finally, like, crushes her. But I remember thinking, like, you just kill her. Like, she's miserable. Like, just end it. Like, and, but no, I mean, it's just so good. I I loved it. She says when she brought down, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And her eyes are already kind of glossed well, over. She can't so see, I don't want right? to die. And she, 
yeah, she can't see. And she's a she's banging to Lucas like I don't want to die, and and her heart does stop for for what I think yeah. he said ten she, minutes she does, before eleven. She essentially dies because she's that last kill. Um, yeah, but I mean, it was just so awesome. It, it was so cool to see like eleven get the power to do it, and obviously, like it's almost the same scene that you see when she first fights off her guard. You know, Henry one when he finally. Finally pushes him away and sends him. Like you kind of see that again, uh, the imagery of the same kind of aspect. Um, but no, I mean, just like Sadie Sink, like God, awesome as Max. She did great. I loved that scene. Her like begging not to die. I loved the fact that Lucas was like so helpless and he didn't know that Eleven was there with him. Um. I I thought that was so powerful that like Eleven's trying to do this, but he thinks he's all alone and like this poor girl that he's in love with is like dying. And he even he even calls to his baby sister to help him, you know. Um, but no, I mean I I'll let you all kind of finish at the end. I I really loved these two episodes. It was so good. I wish there wouldn't have been a big skip after the fight. I I feel like now we're gonna have to kind of go through that in the next season and I kind of just want to go straight into the big part of things um I am I do ship Nancy Steve I hope that ends up happening um we already have Jonathan Nancy in real life I hope they end up together in the show uh Nancy and Steve so um I kind of I didn't like the inner like I hated that they made that a triangle only because now, now part of next season is going to have to be with figuring that out. Um, but no, I really liked it. I don't want to go too into it. So you all can kind of finish off without me skipping ahead and you all having to come back, but I'm excited for next season. I'm excited. I think, uh, uh, we're going to see a lot of things within that main group of the, the boys because obviously you know Will's going to play a big part of whatever's going on. Um, it, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Man, real quick before you log off, what would you rate this season? Um, what, what, give me a numerical rating out of 10 and then where you pa- have it in, in, in coordinate with the other four. Um, oh man, that's a hard one. I, I'm first going to go with where it stands with the other ones. I... I think this is probably my second favorite season only cause I like the first season, like the introduction of this whole stranger things was like so good. Like the lights messages from will, like all those kind of things, like so many of the character flips, you know, Nancy growing, Steve getting slapped in the face, Jonathan coming up as this like strong, you know, um, the kids having to fight together. Like, I, I think that was so big. Um, my favorite episode. I mean, I, I always love the battle at the star mall uh so season three like that's my favorite episode probably and then but this one this has to be my second favorite season overall i i love tension i love flips i like as sad as it is i love like real impactful character deaths and like eddie was one and i am i'm excited to see where we go like they did leave it on a good note to want to know what's going on but I, i wish there had been some differences I, I'd have to rate this season a, I'd probably go with like an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, okay. Super fair. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. High, I mean, that's high. 
when you really yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Anything, anything below anything, maybe like a six. I don't know, you know, lower than a seven. I right? wouldn't give it a ten yeah. because I do have other things that I like more in the season than what happened in some of these. But I, I loved it. I mean, I, I binged the, the shit out of it. Like I enjoyed it, and it really like I'm already ready for the next part. So I'd say it was like I. Hopefully, it comes out. Tomorrow. Yeah, I'm ready. Watch it all in one day. All right, so well, uh, I know you uh, you got to get busy here. So uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. And, uh, it was fun. It was it was it was our pleasure. <laughs> yeah, hopefully here again soon. Especially hopefully with something having to do with anime. Um, I hopefully in the next few days I finish Spy Family. So I'm oh, starting to st- yes. starting to get back into anime. I had to take a break. It's hard to watch and focus with a with a little one running around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I get you. For, but thank you for joining us either way, man. It was awesome having you on or having you on here. Thank you all. It was fun. All right, bye. All right. Later. Later. All right. So I think we're, either way, I think we're we're almost gonna be done wrapping it up in the next in the, here in the next uh few minutes. Anyways, we do have a couple of scenes, or at least I have a couple of scenes I just wanna kinda get through, them being some some of the major ones. And I know uh Cell had kind of uh wrapped up the whole Mac stuff. And did you have anything else to add to the whole Max? um scenario rico no i think uh I, the other things i wanted to highlight she kind of already nailed with uh lucas kind of having that helplessness and uh you know him finally showing like that emotion one with the where where we touched on like the scene between him and jason and then now uh you know him max kind of pouring her heart out not wanting to die and him like how do i help you i can't help you like please like so touch that he begs, like even he even begs his little sister, like to help me, like somebody, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, she hit, she hit the nail on the head on on that part on the on the Mac sequence. Um, a couple of the other scenes that I want to just get into, and these are probably the last, maybe three that I kind of uh, maybe may obviously more if I kind of think of here. Um, but obviously the Eddie Munson, um, this is the one I want to highlight also was the Eddie Munson, and he he says in the in the beginning of the episode he does mention like look at us Steve we're not heroes and he kind of you know to him and Dustin we're not heroes we don't look like heroes but you know to give the squad more time and people say oh his death could have been prevented ultimately Eddie I felt that he had to give the the trio uh, Steve Nancy and Robin enough time because once. Once they had gone back to the real world, those bats would have gone right back to the house and done their thing because these bats are obviously uh, focused on the protection of Vecna, right? Or always just making sure that that house is not being infiltrated and stuff like that. So Eddie had to have buy these bats as much time as possible. So I didn't think his death could have been prevented. I thought it was necessary, but it doesn't change the fact that Eddie's character arc did come full circle, right? He becomes that hero. He doesn't run away, and his his death scene. Um, was just super impactful in the way he just, you know, was bleeding from his mouth and all mad, almost choked up because then Dustin always, Dustin always has these scenes, these emotional scenes, you know, and it does a damn good job at them, you know, being the only person there for Eddie. And it, it kind of bothered me that nobody else really kind of grieved Eddie's death except Dustin and his dad. Um, but like you know, nothing from Steve, nothing from Robin, nothing from uh, Nancy, at least not now. Maybe, maybe they'll mention it later on in, in the next season, but you know, very captivating, very powerful. And I say, he goes, I love you, man. And he says, I love you too. And he goes, I'm going to graduate. You know, he's talking about graduating. Yeah. Saying, this is my year. This is my year. And he had mentioned it in the beginning. I said, God, dude, it was, 
it was profound. It was strong, emotional, and you know, it was a hell of a scene, man. What do you think? Uh, going to the the whole grieving thing, I uh, that was one of the issues that I had. One of the big issues I had with this episode was right after we have like the like all the big things, all the big uh, scenes are are popping off uh, with Eddie, with Max, and and uh, and uh, Lucas and stuff like that. Then we get like this like two days later. Where like we we miss we miss a lot of that like in between stuff where like everybody is like you know all the other kids find out like that that Eddie didn't make it uh, everybody finds out what happens to Max you know those that aren't with them because the reality is that uh like when you're talking about Eddie Eddie is buying as much time as possible because he doesn't know what's going on like with the other kids he just is gonna. Is gonna do everything he can to give him as much time because there's no communication uh, between everybody. Nobody knows like, wh- are we winning? Are we losing? Do we need more time? Is that it? Like, yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's, it's all no whole bars, man. Everybody's trying to do to make sure that they you know they get rid of Vecna. Yeah, just as much as they can with what with what they got, right? Uh, yeah, but but that was that was a big that was that left a lot of like holes in uh some of the stuff that i wanted to see there with like uh but i mean powerful stuff with dustin and eddie and then powerful stuff again when i saw what were in that scene later where you see eddie's uncle uh like replacing the sign and you realize that he's probably been doing this over and over dude oh just so gut-wrenching yeah, and 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 the uncle, you know, having that closure too that Dustin is able to provide for him, again, super profound and impactful, and obviously the impact that Eddie had overall on the characters in the show, and the, at least at the people who knew him, you know what I mean? Because people did not really care to get to get on, to know this guy, but everybody knew that he was innocent, that he was a good guy. So, um, just to kind of wrap up Eddie's overall story arc, man, exceptional, awesome. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna we'll probably get remnants, maybe uh, at least in some sort of flashbacks or something in season five, just because of him being a fan favorite. And I think the Dufer brothers will give him do do some justice there, and for Billy and stuff. So I think we will be getting some stuff there. Um, but any final thoughts on the Eddie stuff before we move on? No, just a great character, and I hope we see him in some form or fashion again. Yeah, uh, but no. even if we don't, like he went out like a boss. Yeah, Joseph Quinn, man, he, it was exceptional. He became fan favorite season four all the way through. I, I can honestly say probably the best character here in season four, aside from Max. Eddie and Max, I said, man, those guys, woof, man, awesome. She was amazing. Um, but yeah, again, on Eddie's death prior to the other crazy stuff uh, going on between Eleven and Vecna, we get more into the um, emotional aspect of Vecna, man. Which has some amazing shots of when he when he traps Eleven onto that door and Vecna's just kind of zooming in on her face and looking at her. I said, "Dang, that's ominous, dude." And you can and I said, "Dude, look at this guy's makeup. He sat down in a chair and just had all of this done." And I said, "God, man, this guy looks amazing, uh, super amazing." And we finally get into um, Henry's backstory, right? Uh, how he came into the Upside Down. You see, this Upside Down was just a regular place, and uh, Eddie. I mean, uh, Henry uh, slash Vecna had these plans and sees a mind flare and he obviously has this obsession with bugs. And we finally get the mind flare that we that's been hinted on for so many seasons, you know, being the the main 
hive mind, right? Almost like the hive mind, and mm-hmm. Vecna being the general, the one who kind of oversees all this and kind of puts everything to play. Um, so you do get a lot of questions answered as far as the upside down and uh, Vecna and um, Eleven and what the upside, you know, what everything actually is and how it's important. Even the mind flares, especially about all that. Uh, I thought that was awesome. I I was kind of hoping to see that uh, earlier, but I mean, it was perfect here between him and Eleven that they we go into the story. Uh, you mentioned he does go in there. He shows that like he's wandering and he sees. I I think the first thing, Demogorgon, and then he comes into contact with the with the mind flare, like you said, says it. Uh, he through through the merger with. The mind flare, uh, what did you say they call it? The particles? He was able to finally realize like the power that he always like kind of longed for. And we have this back and forth again, throwing it back to Papa, where uh L is telling him, like, no, Papa did this to you, Papa did this to you, like he was bad, Papa's dead. And you kind of like have this moment with Vecna where like he turns back and like he's thinking about it for a second. Like at the end of the day, like he was still Papa to him, even if he hated him. Or, or whatever the the relationship there was, but uh, um, I think Vecna. What is is this the point where Vecna says like something like uh, "You made me this way" or something like that? You uh, made me this way. Yes, exactly. Uh, and just amazing, man. This uh, what's his name? Jamie Bauer. Yes, Jamie Bauer amazing like the, the i've never seen him in anything else other than twilight so this guy impressed the hell out of me oh man amazing phenomenal and, and i, his I hope he just pops off yeah i hope that he just pops off on other i think we we did mention the other day that he's gonna be in some yeah you're cutting off a bit dude okay is that better yeah okay uh yeah, we mentioned that he was gonna be in some other show uh here coming soon, so uh I guess we'll probably cover that on Thursday. Yeah. But uh he was phenomenal and uh again another killer scene. Uh Cell talked about it. Finally we get them again together, have the little battle, uh kind of eleven winning out, they turn the tide and we end up here. The backstory. Uh the backstory did leave me with a lot of questions, but I'll save that till the end. Likewise, likewise. I just kind of want to get through these scenes first before we kind of answer those open-ended questions. Uh, But just to continue on, we know that the scene here kind of opens up. Everybody's kind of uh, almost as if they're losing, kind of dying, you know, with the Max, Eddie, uh, the guys being strangled. And I did see, and I did want to go back and check. It happens actually kind of simultaneously. It's where uh, Mike becomes a heart. And again, you're the heart, Mike, and Mike has this moment. And Eleven's able to overcome. And when Eleven kind of takes out um vecna on her end the demogorgons um up in flames vecna's kind of going through um that instance where um she's being trapped by 11 and kind of just up in the air and at the same time um that's where the other three are kind of able to get free so you might be you actually might be right on that as far as um what might have happened, but it does seem like it happened simultaneously where Eleven's able to put Vecna up into against the wall and the Demogorgon does kind of go out. So um, it, we, I, I kind of go see him back and I'll check it out afterwards, kind of see, and I w- we'll get more into that uh, a little bit later. But, but so 
from here, we do get that awesome scene between, uh, and again, going back to Hopper, right, where he's going one-on-one with the Demogorgon and flames mm-hmm. or whatever, but then he picks up the sword, slashes uh, the arms, and has a super cool scene. And then at the same time, we get that 80s, uh, again, Michael Myers thing, um, where it's... Um, they go up, they see Vecna and the thing, they have the Molotovs, they kind of chuck them at Vecna and up in flames, and it's like, oh, it's burning and burning and bleeding all these things, and he jumps out the window and I'll come myself smiling, because I was like, that's classic, dude, classic stuff right there, and Vecna's just up in flames, which is awesome, dude, even the flame scene looked amazing, um, yeah. and the way Vecna's just kind of going about it, and then Nancy with her shotgun, bah, pops the hell with out a, of it. With a sawed-off shotgun. A sawed-off shotgun, yeah, dude, point-blank rage, man, so it was a lot of exceptional stuff, man. Uh, they're in that final battle scene again. You have the stuff with Max. I don't want to die. You know, some crazy, crazy stuff right there. Uh, what and and then we get into the whole earthquake thing. So, well, what are your thoughts on the entire ending here? What do you what do you think about all this? Uh, I mean, I thought it was great. I thought it it means that we're gonna see some pretty crazy stuff uh, here coming towards uh, season five. Um, the poor people of Hawkins, man. Shit, like. Yeah, they've been seeing some stuff, man, for a few seasons already. <laughs> yeah, uh, it happened. That happens after we get the whole two days later thing, right? But what? Or, or 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 it happens. The earthquake. Before. The actual earthquake actually, where like where Vecna, where Max dies for ten minutes. That's when Hawkins just oh, kind of okay. goes yeah. up and blows up, and then two days later, you see the aftermath of everything that just transpired. Okay, there we go. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, Again, I have so many questions about all of that because of something that happens uh, earlier with Nancy, like at the very beginning of the episode or of last episode. Uh, I guess like we're kind of like here at the end, so I'll go into it a little bit. When when Vecna has his interaction with Nancy and he kind of shows her like all the things that that are going to happen, like his, all his plan, basically, and we kind of see we we see hints of this like and that things like this are going to happen and uh it it gives me like all these questions like is vecna able to see like is he showing her the future like did he like because we we i think we see these exact scenes and then nancy even says i think nancy at one point says something about a like a giant creature with like a gaping mouth or something like that yeah, I'm not really sure what the extent of Vecna's powers are exactly because even then, like, he goes into the Upside Down. He's able to survive in the Upside Down, no problem. Exactly how he became Vecna and how he became this entity. Um, we saw that, obviously, Eleven sent him there and all these things. But I would like to know more of what happened while he was there or why this Upside Down and Dimension even exists in the first place. Um, so those are some of my questions there. But again, I'm not sure what the extent of his powers are just yet, you know, what he exactly can and cannot do. Yeah, so it made me think, like, is he seeing the future and he's just relaying this to Nancy? And, you know, I mean, ultimately it ended up happening. So is this the future? Did, it ju- did his plan just come to pass? Then I have a lot more. I have a lot more questions, too, about, like, what the relationship is exactly between him and the Mind Flayer. Like, is the Mind Flayer kind of just like this entity real that, boss, really, that, like, that yeah. really doesn't care about anything? And Vecna's just using him, which... I I would actually prefer for it to be that the mind flayer is actually using Vecna to get into the real world. And now that the now that the the giant portals have been opened, the, the earthquake portal has been opened from the four deaths. Uh, 
that we see along this series. I mean, this season. Uh, I kind of expect the mind flare to come back into like the foreground and be like, say, like, okay, like you thought Vecna was the big bad, like now I've used him to make my way out here, and I think he's gonna be a lot bigger. Uh, yeah. here actually, in this season. I actually think so too. And then that those are kind of some of the questions I left unanswered, or you know exactly what the mind flare is meant to do and obviously will you know the connection between will and the mind flare which is why and we've said it right the will and mike gonna have this huge big um plan here in the, in the coming in the coming season and the, the four are going to be the focal center our og4 are going to be the focal center of what exactly is going to you know come to pass um but yeah some of the things also like there are consequences, right? And I would, I think I would like to have seen a little bit more of those consequences and stuff like that, just because Eleven had this thing where she's able to bring um, Max back to life, the whole heart thing, oh, you're not dead yet. And it kind of puts her, it was able to put her into a hospital in a comatose state. So they even, and, and they explicitly said, oh, we lost. You know, I've, I, I, got, I did kind of have an issue with that line exactly because I never felt that they had lost in the first place. I still don't think they lost. You know, yeah, we know that Max is kind of her thing, but ultimately they were able to at least win the battle. They haven't won the war yet, but I think they won the battle. So I didn't like that. It was that part was explicitly stated because where are the consequences that we, yes, we, and we had some deaths. We Eddie died and stuff like that. And it seemed like they lost, but the grand thing in the grand scheme of things, they didn't kill him, but they did damage. You know what I mean? Again, they won the battle. So I did have an issue with that. Um, there, there has to be more consequences, right? And I did like something that I said earlier with the love triangle, somebody has to die. You know, I'm expecting more deaths just because there should be consequences to a lot of these actions that are taking place especially negative consequences, because I don't want this to be a run-of-the-mill, you know, and I, I'm glad they said it, you know, there's supposed to be a, a kind of not a, a bittersweet ending, I think it's what word that was used. So mm-hmm. I do want there to be some sort of major consequences to some of the things that are happening on screen. Um, that was just one of my bits here. Uh, the other thing was kind of already going here towards the end, the two days later stuff, you kind of see some of the aftermath. And Again, you death toll and all these things, you know. But where where's the consequences for our major characters? Max, again, I kind of think they're playing a little bit safe as far as having anything happen to our major major people, which I hope they're kind of have, doing that for season five. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll see what happens there. And we are we are we do get the super, you know, teary reunion. Finally, everybody comes together. Everybody is back in place, and Hopper coming back to 11 to be that anchor and obviously you can feel that hole that there was left between the two here at the ending um so i i did like i did like the hopper 11 scene more so than anything else here towards the end um i think well there is that ending ending but what what do you think up to that point uh up to there i mean it was i i had been waiting for so long for everybody to get back together and uh like you said the the big the big one was uh 11 kind of realizing that hopper's still with us uh she she uh she drops that line that we know from previous seasons of like i always kept the door like open what was it three inches or or whatever and then uh hopper kind of shares with her like uh yeah like you're not the only one that stopped believing or whatever like hinting at like, like joyce never gave up on me either and like she saved me or whatever and uh we do have the reunion also between a little awkward reunion between uh nancy and jonathan you didn't uh, kiss by the way so i thought that meant something 
Yeah, he kissed her on the head. On the head, but, but they but didn't. He didn't but they didn't kiss. And yeah. he also he also still doesn't tell her about like his his whole like yeah he's not he doesn't want to go to college thing or she's asking him which I thought was kind of weird like uh it's like yeah we just kind of saved the world again uh, again I I know you, yeah like I know I know we just uh, I know we just saved the world again like kind of right but how about that college admissions letter like did you ever get it I'm like really like leave Sorry. it to Nancy leave it to Nancy if we can ask about that uh but yeah, still some some awkward awkwardness there. Uh, we get also like the reunion of Mike uh, with his family. Uh, Lucas is missing, and everybody asks where's he at, and he's at the hospital with Max. We see that uh, that stuff of her in a coma, like you mentioned, that she died but was able to be brought back, uh, which is another thing. Like I have questions about. Uh, That's why I mentioned it because I, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, forcing uh, the heart to pump. Yeah, that's another thing I had questions about. Uh, you know, anytime you're able to, anytime you introduce something where somebody's being able to, somebody is able to bring people back to life. Yeah, like, it's like from there on out, like who are they going to bring back to life and why? Of course, we don't know how this is going to end up. Uh, I know when they're at the hospital, L kind of takes takes uh herself into like uh max's mental and it's kind of blank which to me means like is she brain dead because it's just blank in here now uh the the imagery is pretty profound there not sure exactly where they're going with that either myself yeah which which could mean that either she's gone or Maybe Vecna still has a hold of her mind. Consciousness, yeah, very well. So, very well so maybe, maybe if they defeat Vecna, she comes back. Or maybe if they defeat Vecna by defeating Vecna, they kill her. There's some some little things that I could see playing out, like in a couple different ways. Yeah, and and, that, and that's actually one of the ways where I think Billy might have some sort of. Cause I was waiting for it, and it never came. You know, the Billy redemption. You know, because Alex does. I mean, Alex. Where did that come from? Max does have a lot of issues with with Billy. There's that closure has not happened yet, clearly. So we're gonna do expect. I'm expecting some Billy Max closure coming in to the to season five, and I think that's gonna have a play on her mental state and her actually coming back with the with his, through Billy's help. That's what I think, anyways. Yeah. So one of those sense. theories there. Um, yeah, and, and he was another one of those like not not quite to the Eddie level, but another one another one of those characters that was just captivating over the course of them dude he was awesome dude he was awesome his he to me he was he was just big time asshole and i thought that and he played it super well and he was awesome through and through um so one of the things here and again this is already kind of the ending ending uh where we got that you know will having being able to sense the mind flare and then you see the this guy turning black and red and the city's just been purged and raised and you know what i mean and it looks super intense and everybody kind of looking over and i did say had that more to combat feel to it or they you know and to me this is okay fine this is where i guess a defeat this is where the defeat might have looked like you know uh because they weren't able to stop vecna's plan and stuff like that um so the damage happened, the town's in shambles, and they all feel helpless, and they're kind of looking over their stuff, getting ready for the next part. So it was kind of a stalemate there. 
And I thought it was a, I, I, I don't mind cliffhangers. I kind of figured it was going to be a cliffhanger. I don't mind them. And again, kind of had that 80s um, feel to it. So what do you think here towards the ending? Kind of just to kind of wrap up our, our podcast here. Uh, the ending just uh, was kind of the thing that left me with the most questions. Like, I, I honestly thought, like, I loved the character of Vecna. I love the character of Vecna. I love Henry one, uh, whatever you want to call him. And uh, I honestly didn't think that we would be going into season five with him again. Mm. Uh, but uh, I, I completely get where you're com- where you mentioned earlier about like they say like oh it's because she's never lost before like we lost. I was like I, I didn't feel that way either. I never felt that that like we lost. I felt like they didn't win. Yeah, and I but- get it. We have this. We ha- and again, yeah, Hawkins is yeah. It's earthquake blown up i get it you know oh we've lost but at you know we yeah you didn't win but you didn't really lose either yeah you dealt the damage and yeah for granted 20 people died in hawking and stuff like that but again i'm focusing on the major characters the main characters here they they actually did what they set out to do they didn't kill yeah. him but they damaged him they damaged him even though there was that you know max they were super close max what that that fourth sacrifice that kind of Brought up, mm-hmm. brought this upon there and stuff like that. And I guess I can see, oh, we lost, but I wouldn't call it a W. But I don't think they lost either because everybody still 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 yeah, seems yeah. to be in play. Both both sides, I guess, like you like you said, maybe the battle was kind of a stalemate, but the war is kind of going at least in Vecna's, in Vecna's favor, at least for now, being that he did open these gates. We we we've yet to see what's going to happen there, so it's kind of hard to say, but we're in a spot where both teams are kind of like running away and kind of like licking their wounds, you know? Uh, and that, that scene with, uh, with Will where he kind of like has this little spidey sense, like, yeah, yeah I can still that. feel I'm him. And like, and like, yeah. and like the, the hairs in the back of his neck, like stand up. And we see like the, uh, the scenes where like, uh, Mike's little sister says like, Oh mommy, it's snowing. But like us that we've seen the upside down, like we know like, oh shit, this isn't no snow. Like this is the upside down leaking into the real world. Uh, and man, like I just, I have no idea what, well, I have a, I have some theories, but and I think some of the theories that I discussed uh, in our previous uh, review, like kind of stand still, like are, are still there somewhat, but we just have i feel like we have so many questions like still to be answered uh particularly around vecna and the mind flayer and who's really in control and uh what like like you mentioned what are the extent of vecna's powers really mm-hmm. um and i mean i guess now that our whole team is back together like now we can see like what they can really do as a, yeah. as a group and not as a bunch of groups separated because they've usually been separated the entire time even through the other seasons um but now that you have the older guys the older the you know the adults the older young adults and then you have the the, the younger the younger ogs now that they're everybody seems to be kind of here i see what they can really do so just to kind of wrap, what are your final thoughts here we're going to wrap up or wrap up our review of stranger things volume two uh, what are your final thoughts overall what are your rating what would you give it where do you place it with everything else uh before this my my uh my preference in terms of seasons was one three two to me this one is up there with season one uh so i would probably say 
one, four, three, two for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did have like my little issues with it. Uh, with the max death and then coming back with the two days later thing. Right. Uh, it's um, and I would have liked to see some of the Jason stuff play out a little bit differently. Uh, I thought his, like we mentioned, his death was a little like abrupt and just, I mean, we wanted him to die. Right. But I thought, I felt like that, like it could have been, yeah. been worse. Yeah. Anticlimactic. Uh, so I would probably put it up there as like, uh, an eight, an eight in terms of rating eight. Cell also mentioned an 8.5. Uh, no, I think I'll stick with an eight. All right. Eight, well, out, of eight out of 10. How about you? Same things. Uh, I would actually have the same order. One, four, three, two. I did really, really enjoy it. Um, some of the things that two days later, like you mentioned, um, uh, what you call it? Eleven's uh, revive power came out of nowhere. Again, the Hopper storyline to me, just kind of the grand overall scheme of things. Even and then the, you know, I did have issues with you know, you know, the whole Mike and where he fit into everything because Will actually played more of a part. Mike would have been help, helpless without Will. Um, you know, to kind of see where that relationship was going. So Will Argyle coming in clutch and Mike, you know, just he kind of and again. His role in this season was not as big as obviously all the other ones because I, I always felt he was one of the lead actors even in the previous seasons. So with Mike's writing, kind of the story could have been told um, differently through his perspective. So, uh, But again, other than that, those are just super, super nitpicky things that, again, don't get me wrong, I, I, I feel they didn't take away. I thought it was better than an eight. I probably have it a little bit closer to a nine. I don't want to say a nine just yet. I'm right. Uh, I'm going to say 8.5 just because um, I would like to have seen. And again, some of those holes, some of those questions that are now new questions that I have. And, you know, again, just mourning Eddie. Um, I didn't, we only saw kind of a little bit of the Eddie's backstory there in a bit um, as they, as or at least Dustin was trying to mourn for him and stuff with his mm-hmm. dad. So uh, 8.5, more leaning towards, uh, I'm going to be a little bit more generous and more towards that nine issue. So I think if we're going to put this, I think it would be me here, who I probably rated higher, so in the middle, and then you towards that eight. So that those are my thoughts anyways. But uh, yeah, I mean, anything else you want to add in here? No, just, uh, you know, in terms of uh, no matter what little nitpicky things uh, any of us think about these kinds of things, you know, characters music you know the time setting that they stay true to like uh, nobody really does it uh better than stranger things maybe as good but uh overall it to me it's it's must-see tv it's something that you gotta watch the scenes to me outweigh the 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 scenes the chemistry the characters outweighed any of the nitpicky things that i could actually think of um yeah, I thought it was just excellent. I thought it was awesome. Uh, to me, it's 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 a high it's a high eight. I I probably even say a low nine. I'm probably just change my rating here because I really did feel that these uh, these scenes just were awesome through and through. Were great. Even the Victor Creel man, I'm still thinking of the oh. earlier stuff was just awesome. So overall, I think it did have some great great things um, that should that totally totally overshadow those little minute nitpicky things that i can probably think that i have to actually think about you know before yeah. i even kind of get through it so you know those, those are my thoughts anyways 
Um, but yeah, this is Stranger Things Volume 2. This is our review. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, Rico, anything else you might want to add before we finish up? No, just uh, thanks for listening. And uh... <laughs> that's it. Yeah, uh, if you haven't checked out our other stuff, we do have a Stranger Things Volume 1 review. If you have not, if you're on the fence or if you just haven't for whatever reason not seen it, um, listen to our review. It is spoilers. Uh, you know, if you're on the fence, you're not really sure if you enjoy those, if you enjoy spoilers to begin with to actually get you into a series. Uh, we have Volume 1 already available. We'll have actually this one published and ready to go for you guys soon. Uh, so otherwise, give our stuff a listen to. If you have any other things that you kind of want us to go over, talk about, feel free to, um, where we do have a, um, a what's called, a Discord channel. Um, we do have our Twitters, uh, Marcus25V and... PunkRico21. Yeah, so give us a follow, give us some, send us a message. If you have anything you'd like to hear, let us know. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in, and thank you guys for actually um, being a part of and listening to us uh, for our Stranger Things Volume 2 review. Later, guys.